0: Hello, I'm Randy Greenwald. Thanks for joining us here around Great Hearts Table. If you find what we do here helpful, would you take a moment and review and or rate the podcast and pass the word on to others? Word of mouth is really the only means by which those who might benefit from what we do here will find out about it. So I really need your help and I appreciate it. Uh, One of the themes of Great Hearts Table is that ministry is an organic, inefficient engagement with people. Our desire here is to push back against the ministry-industrial complex, so to speak, that often promises more than it can deliver, particularly in the smaller church. In this episode, I quote extensively from a pastor with whose experience I resonate. I hope you'll find some resonance here as well. Thanks for pulling up a chair. Oh, All people are broken I I love the energy I feel around my church these days. We have new people coming, relationships are being formed, community is being strengthened. I'm delighted to see it, but I'm also anxious. Good always seems so fragile. Without warning or explanation or expectation, something can happen that will suddenly sap the energy and deflate the sails. I worry that I may not be able to do what needs doing to sustain the good. And with that, I give you permission to laugh at me. Go ahead. You and I both know that I'm not in control. Success is not a burden pastors manage, but a gift we receive. But we're so good at forgetting that. Now, what has taken me decades to learn took Barbara Malosh only five years. Malosh tells her story in her warm and insightful pastoral memoir, loving and leaving a church. Those who pastor small churches rarely have their experiences published, and that alone makes this book helpful for others. The propriety of women being pastors is a concern for many, I know, but a discussion best held elsewhere. Judging from Alasha's memoir, the experience of being a pastor is no different regardless of the gender of the one filling the role. Melosh had become a pastor as a second career and brought to ministry the exuberant enthusiasm and hopeful idealism that animate many new pastors. Over time, though, as she struggled to bring change, her idealism waned. People didn't always do what she'd been trained to hope for, and enthusiasm was replaced with worry and with struggle with heightened effort. Ironically, the drive to be in control is a type of bondage. Under this burden, she grew weary. When a beloved young parishioner, though, was diagnosed with cancer, and the church held some special services for healing, she began to find a place of freedom. She tells it in this way. For five years now, I'd been trying to find a direction for our ministry, with the congregation straggling along with me. I'd run down one rabbit trail after another in hot pursuit of transformation. The latest program for spiritual renewal, a new approach to evangelism, leadership training that would equip me to lead the charge into new life. The literature of ecclesial self-help seemed bottomless, and I'd succumbed repeatedly to its promises. The three-minute pastor, six strategies for stronger stewardship, ten ways to improve your contemporary worship, 35 building blocks of successful congregations, 40 days of purpose. I'd been frustrated when this congregation was unmoved by my exhortations to embrace the latest. Now I felt chagrined that I'd tried to sell them all this snake oil. My clergy colleagues and I often remarked ironically on the doublethink of our own practices. In compliance with denominational guidelines, we tracked worship attendance, maintained membership roles, and took account of our shaky finances. We crafted strategic plans, set goals, and devised metrics to evaluate how we were doing. Yet the gospel we were called to proclaim stood in stark contrast to this ministry by management. Luther had staked his life on the bold claim that grace alone could save us. Our works, our will, our decisions, none of that had any effect on where we stood with God. These programs were at best band-aids. At worst, they were deadly distractions. Salvation by programming led us away from the one who really could raise us from the dead. Success could not be measured by results, or at least not the results we could see or count. I had been called to ministry, and I'd given my heart to it. But I'd been distracted by the wrong dream, deluded into thinking I could save the church. They already had a Savior and it wasn't me. We who've been nurtured by the modern ministry, industry, believe ourselves to be responsible for the saving and success of our church as a burden that often destroys pastors. It's a joyful release to be told that our churches have a Savior and it's not us. There's contentment and freedom in knowing that all we are supposed to be are stewards, shepherds caring for God's people. Malosh concludes, I was called to be faithful, to do the work in front of me, to serve the people I'd been called to serve, to love the people I'd been given to love. I had wanted more. Now, in the shadow of Amy's illness, I was beginning to realize the precious gift that was already mine. My church might well not survive as a congregation, but in the candlelight of the healing services, I saw that the kingdom of God was already among us and in us. Some pastors are able to program ministry, I guess, and they have the aggregate numbers to demonstrate results. Some pastors then don't stay awake at night wondering what might happen when the thread that is their ministry begins to unspool. For me, it's freeing to be reminded that salvation by programming can lead us away from the one who alone can raise the dead. I need to remember that my church already has a Savior and that, mercifully, it's not me. Only then can I enjoy what God does in the Church as the gift that it is. Great Heart's Table is published on the first, second, and fourth Mondays of each month in both audio and print format. Thanks to Over the Rhine for permission to use their wonderful songs, All My Favorite People and Called Home, and thanks to you for listening. I am Randy Greenwald, pastor of Covenant Presbyterian Church in Oviedo, Florida. Just shy of breaking down, there's a bend in the road that I have found, called home. Take a lift to loneliness, there's a place to find forgiveness, called home.